0: Well, Van is uh obviously a great coach.
1: You gotta do it with supreme focus, right? With razor sharp focus. Breathe what he's breathing.
0: But he's a better, a better person.
1: Biggest thing you gave me was time. You didn't really know me. We were from the same neighborhood and area, but I was with a group of guys that wanted to go to college, wanted to play ball, and you actually gave us that reality that, hey, this could actually happen because we saw somebody that was like us and that we wanted to become. Only <laughs> After the master. Master. Recruiting is about relationships. It's built on trust. It's built on doing the right things. And it's built on your head coaches and your athletic direct director, their vision. And I think we have two great leaders, both of those positions. So it makes it easy for me to go out and, and do what I do. Be aggressive, that's win. Here we go. once again we're excited to have another dynamic leader on with us tonight rick dixon is the interim athletic director at the university of tulsa this is his second stint with the hurricane he was hired as an athletic director at tu the first time very early in his career rick we put this podcast together to share leadership thoughts and ideas with people in sports and it's kind of been really cool we've had coaches head coaches, we've had athletic directors, we've had conference commissioners, we've had former players on with us. And we really appreciate you for coming on. So so we'll jump right in. First thing I wanna ask you, which which has been really cool, first, I know that you're a former defensive back and it's always good to talk to a former defensive back, but talk to us about your journey from being a college athlete to a former college athlete, and then to an athletic director at three major universities. Is yeah, that, that you wanted to do. How'd you head down that path of, of administration? Well, I, I
0: appreciate the uh, the lead in, Van, and thanks for having me on. Uh, I know our paths have crossed through the years, and uh, I find myself back at a place that you spent a little time to it at, at my alma mater, the University of Tulsa, where. For uh, Brenda and I, it all started here, you know, having been a student athlete, finishing in '77. And then, after a few uh, fruitless years in the, the uh, mi- minor league baseball track, came back to Tulsa and uh, got involved. I was in coaching for four years. And then, uh, after uh, meeting Brenda and getting married and starting a family of four children in 40 months, it led me out of coaching. Into some other opportunities and uh, actually got in with another young coach and I that had grown up together. It was in a similar situation. We uh, started down, we had an opportunity uh, to purchase our uh, childhood sporting goods uh, in the town we grew up in right outside of Tulsa in St. Paul, Oklahoma and did that for about four and a half years and uh, which was a great experience. You know, it turns uh, turns out that was kind of my, training school for uh, what led to be, you know, a 30-year athletic director career. Because uh, in, I guess it was in the uh, summer of 88, uh, vice president at the University of Tulsa, who I'd known from my time as a student athlete there, called and we'd kept a relationship and said, look, we've got a number two position. Now, you, you got to slow it down there for a second because number two 30 years ago was a lot different than number two. Right. Today. In those days, there weren't a lot of people behind the number twos. <laughs> <And> <laughs> right. <laughs> a little bit of everything. And uh, I right. uh, you know, got to wear a lot of hats at once, which actually, in hindsight, was the greatest experience I could have as a young, aspiring uh, administrator. And, you know, to, to your point, Vanna, for your question of something uh, I aspired to do, it really wasn't. You know, at that time, as, as you know, those of us out there that know, you're – uh, main focus is okay how to put table on the uh, food on the table for four young kids you know? right and I knew even though I'd enjoyed my, you know the whole experiences I had in, in uh ownership of the business learning you know, scraps what it took uh, you know the pressures every day of, of managing resources managing people learning how to uh, uh, market learning how to promote learning how to you know the importance of customer service uh, all those things and that was you know a real world opportunity for me to develop all those skills and when that call came to come back and and take over as kind of what kind of a position we'd refer to as a deputy today mm-hmm. though you think in business to the game event management uh, oversight you know you were the only liaison probably with the coaches and and most of the staff at that time was all uh, support staff, trainers, equipment people, and, uh, you know, the ticket people and, and those folks. So right. it was a, a great hands-on learning experience. And the, the interesting thing, and this is something you don't see occur often, so I didn't really know what I was getting into. I knew it was a pathway back to sport. And right. that was something I was passionate about. My only experience to that point had been as a student-athlete and then as a coach. And looking back, it was probably, uh, you know, that was, I think, instrumental because it, it teaches us the culture. We understand the culture of sport, having competed, having played, you know, understanding, you know, playing myself a couple of sports in college and understanding just all the challenges, peaks and valleys and adversities you face. And then the same thing from a different chair in the coaching. So I had a good sense of the culture because I'd grown up in it. What I didn't know was the whole, Uh, administrative aspect of it so I went into it that summer of 88 with the idea well I'll I'll learn I'm a quick learner on my feet you know that's what we are as DBs right you better that's right (laughs) and we we learn quickly but so within literally a matter of six months I'd gone from starting into the industry to we had the AD at the time resigned and I was appointed they're elevated to interim athletic director, same as I am today here, 34 years later. But yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, but at that time around, I sure didn't know what I was getting into. But I tell especially young people all the time that you know when they ask how to, you know, how do we follow that path? Well, first of all, not many paths uh, evolve like it did for me. I, I mean, I realized I was fortunate from starting in the industry and. In a matter of 10 months and become interim-athletic director from the very start. and uh, But the one thing that I, I hearken back to things that I learned from sport was uh, you know, just as I knew I had to build a team. And even in our small department at Tulsa at the time, one of the things that struck me was here I was with people that I had uh, from the time, the some still the coaches and staff that were around from my days as a student right. athlete and ended my years for coaching and then having been gone almost five years, I came back and it struck me so odd that people that I knew uh, that were in the department didn't know each other, particularly much the coaching groups. And I said, wait a minute, this, this can't be right. So the very first thing I did was pulled everyone together and said, look, this is going to be a little bit of a learning curve for you and me but what we're going to do is we're going to do it together and we're going to do it as a team and a family. And so starting today, we're going to have departmental meetings every month. We're going to have head coaches meetings every two weeks. And so we're going to learn this together. And, you know, of course at 32, I'd look around the room and in a lot of instances, I was the youngest, youngest dude in the room. And, uh, but going back to the sport piece of it, here's, so that was my starting point. The skill sets I had, as I said, was knowing the culture, I was a product of it. The second part was what I did learn in, in owning and running my own business, even though it was just a, a short time, a little less than five years, was so many of those skills I developed, were it turned out that they were transferable. If you mm-hmm. think about how important, managing you know, resources, managing people, uh, learning how to buy and sell, learning customer service, learning how to market and promote, all know that's pretty prominent in the industry of intercollegiate athletics so so not the traditional path but I think a good example of how you can use take advantage of skills you develop in a lot of arenas and and cobble those together towards things that work in many arenas so that was one of the things I learned
1: okay so you entered the this realm, or you entered the field of of administration really early in your life, yeah. And and now you you have been how do I say it, you've been seasoned, right? <laughs> yes, sir. So so what would you what would you tell the younger Rick Dixon that you know now? That's a great
0: a great question, Van. I, you know. It's interesting. I don't know that I would do things much differently. Um, here's the the things I think that that were developed and honed uh, through my through my years through athletics at the student athlete level and even the coaching was the importance of uh, one being goal oriented, two surrounding yourself with a team, three getting that team to. Connect and unite and operate as a team, and and that's goes to the leadership piece of it. You know, it is I think for those who've been in athletics, that that's something that we, if it doesn't come to us naturally, it certainly comes to us through habit and development, right? right. That right. and for those that enter into it and aren't by nature necessarily good teammates, if you're part of a team and it's a team that that aspires to be successful you're going to become a good teammate Yeah, so that really though it's it's kind of those cornerstones that I not having had the specific development in that industry I really relied back on those traits right and values that have been developed in the athletic arena and and as I look back on it now that's 1988 so we're talking about 32 years ago uh you know, I would I wouldn't trade anything there. The learning curve piece is, uh, you know, that I think uh, again I hearken back to uh, athletics and and how valuable that was because it uh, emphasized to me. I you know, first of all, I wasn't afraid to fail.
1: Yeah,
0: especially as an old DB. Well, <laughs> we know that we know that happened a few times. That's and, a part of it. But you know what? I was ready to line up and go again. And wow. so I. I I used the term fearless and relentless. Those were the two real traits that I valued the most, and kind of said, "Look, I'll I'll learn the skill set. I was confident I could do that, but I'm going to do it, you know, without fear, and I'm going to do it relentlessly. Nobody's going to outwork, outthink, and outstrategize what what it, uh, what needs to be done than me. And so I went into it with that mindset." And it really allowed me, gave me, you know, that kind of second win of, okay, you're not going to learn it all overnight. Uh, and don't be afraid to, you know, ask questions, ask for help, ask for opinions, those things. Uh, but at the same time, know that if I have built a good team around me and got them to perform uh, and connect with each other as a team, that that would be, you know, the
1: first important step. And, and I still believe that today. Right, I think um, it, it's so amazing as I, as I listen to you and, and I hear the words of the leaders that we've had on before. And, and my dad always said something as I grew up, he, he would say that if you hear the same things from different people, it must be true. <laughs> and, and so you hear things from, from leaders about teamwork, about locking in on your values, Right. practicing, continually practicing the things that you believe in uh, because those will take you in the right way, even in situations where you're you're not 100% educated, right? Where you don't know, you just follow your heart, you know? And, and I, I always talk to my players uh, about leading with love. You know, there, there'll be some things that, that we'll do that you might not agree with. There'll be some things that will happen it might not be as fun as you would like, but at the end of the day, we're all pushing in the same direction, so, so just trust me along the way. Speaking of that, uh, let's, let's jump to present day. 2020, of course, has been a phenomenal year in so many ways, uh, but, but you've had to deal with, as a leader, you've had to deal with different types of adversity over the years. When you were at Tulane, you had to deal with Hurricane Katrina. And now in in 2020, uh, as a leader, you are dealing with the COVID pandemic, yeah. dealing with the social issues that we're facing in our nation. How How do you feel those issues have made you stronger or made you better as a leader?
0: You know, it really since, Van, since I got to Tulsa, uh, which was, uh, I think, the third week of September, and certainly not something that planned, it kind of happened out of uh, happenstance. uh, Since I retired in 2016, I've been consulting uh, on my own, primarily uh, helping, um, you know, what I call my my kids, my protégés that are out there. There's like 13 of them that are AD around the country, and I think if the real truth be known, I think uh, after about six months of retirement, I think my wife Brenda sent out an SOS and said, "Hey, <laughs> give this dude call. Oh, he need, he got get him out of my hair." And uh,
1: anybody, anybody.
0: <laughs> so that's kind of how that 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 uh, evolved was uh, one, then a second, then a third, and and little by little, I found myself helping a lot of those folks, and uh, which I enjoyed. It was fun to kind of be that, you know, that. The little push and and lift beneath people. I've always enjoyed that, like coaching, right? Right, right. Seeing others uh, benefit and evolve and develop and, you know, that coaching instinct. And so I was enjoying that. And actually, interestingly, had just finished doing uh, about a two-month consulting gig here at Tulsa where I was helping the previous athletic director, uh, Dr. Derek Gregg. and then he's the one that kind of uh, triggered this ball of Tulsa reaching out to me once he had stepped down and moved on to the NCAA. And, uh, initially, my thoughts were, well, maybe I can just help them by consulting if they had elevated somebody and they just didn't feel comfortable <clears throat> that that was the right direction to go. So they ended up asking me if I'd come back for a mm-hmm. period of time to get, help them get through this. And back to your back, you know, there certainly all those other experiences and adversities. I don't think anything uh, will ever approach what we faced, endured and, and eventually overcame uh, through the Katrina because in, in truth, case. that was a decade long uh, uh, really aspiration in terms of, uh, you know, surviving the worst or natural disaster in history and then rebuilding from the ground up. Uh, I mean, with, finally came to fruition in 2016 when we brought back all of our programs after we'd have to suspend over nine of our sports uh, for a four-year period and then slowly bring them back. And then we're able to do about a $200 million capital campaign and build new facilities and then got them into the American Athletic Conference. And I thought I thought from, from my viewpoint that that was the perfect time to say, look, I've been to the depths and back, and now – Leaving them in a good station, and and that's really in whatever role we're in, right? In our coaching and, and leadership, administration, whatever it may be, is you can look back and say, you know, I've I've left that place in a better place than when I found it. Exactly, uh, you know, then you can you can feel good about you know what you've contributed, and that's kind of how I felt. And but those experiences, without question, you know, I first thing I said day one. help and assist and lead, uh, you know, a, a department and organization through the worst of times. So as long as you'll lock arms with me, we can do this. And that's really been kind of the, the basis and the, the, you know, the message that I've continuously put out there is saying, look, we're not worried about next week and next year, but let's all pull together
1: and really focus hard on today. All right. Let's keep putting one foot in front of the other. Exactly. And we'll be okay. So, so you, have done a great job over the years of assisting I'll say younger ADs who are or who has been some of the best leaders that you've been around and and what kinds of things have you learned from from those great leaders that you've been around
0: you know man and you you may have experienced similar things in coaching I know again when I showed up at a young age you know at 32 uh, because I really had been away from the industry and all of a sudden I pop up on the scene and I, I can remember the first year of going to some uh, Division one ADs meetings out in Tucson, Arizona, uh, October meetings and everybody's out there for a long weekend and and it was kind of funny. It was held at a golf resort and that first day was of course a scramble and a luncheon and then you go into your meetings. Well, most of the day, uh, the ADs, which are uh, seasoned guys like me now, uh, would look at me and either hand me their golf bag or (laughs) uh, ask me where directions for something like I was there, you know, just somebody at the club. And, uh, well that was the starting point, but to go from there, you know, uh, to this point, um, i tell you some of the, uh, I'll, I'll never forget, you know, uh, having the first sit down with Frank Broyles, for example, and having, played against his coach teams when my Tulsa days against Arkansas. And so he used to refer to me as the Tulsa flash and uh, and then guys like Doug Dickey who was at Tennessee then and and Pete Dallas at UCLA that you'd encounter. And I was always a uh, people type person anyway and would, you know, not hesitate to reach out, introduce myself and you know, scratch their head and figure out I wasn't the uh, golf attendant or something. Yeah. They kind of, you know, I don't know if they just got a kick out of it, but they were pretty gracious, you know, with their time and and uh, advice and support, all those things. And I think of a guy even today who I consider a great friend, Ted Leland, who uh, really led Stanford to become the Stanford that we know today, kind of become the premier model of having across-the-board excellence in all of the programs. Uh, you know, guys like that, and and Even, uh, you know, one of the first women out there, like Barbara Hedges, when I went to AP, left Tulsa, to become AD at Washington State, and encountering Barbara Hedges, who was the only female AD in the history of the Pac-10 at that time, and just had a lot of respect for someone like that, and then having the opportunity to help start someone like Judy McLeod, the only FBS conference commissioner in the country, who was an intern for me at Tulsa and GA, and then Later became my you know my right arm and uh, Diane Dickman who just retired this year who became uh, vice president of membership services with the NCAA. Uh, I, I I joke today that was my team. I had two associate ads Diane Dickman uh, who was over academics compliance most of our internal operations and Judy McLeod who was over the finance uh, the ticket office. Game day operations, and they were both GAs. So I gave them titles: Associate AD slash GA. But I felt like, hey, you get that. You can't write much better than that.
1: Yeah, well, that's that's cool. Um, I, you know, you spoke about um, helping younger coaches, or excuse me, ADs, and you know, it, it's it's been cool in my career to be able to to have that opportunity. And, and I always encourage younger coaches to listen. The coaches will always give. Now, I know athletic directors will as well. They'll always give of their time. Just mm-hmm. call them. Just ask them. That's why we're in this profession That's is right. because we, we love doing this. We love teaching. We love passing on the information. So it's, it's really cool to hear your experiences as someone who was A protege, (laughs) you know, and then and then also talking about the, the people you've had the opportunity to take under your wing. So let's talk about let's talk about hiring these staff members. So hiring a new coach or a staff member. How do you look to identify who will be the best addition to your team? And and how do you know that this person is the right fit? You know, Ben, that it's a that's a complex but interesting question,
0: and you know, it, it, some things about it are consistent, and some things about it vary. The consistent mm-hmm. part for me always was: look, I I've got to make sure I surround myself with good people, and so I wanted to know who this person was, and I always kind of prided myself in that I can read people, and and get a sense of who they are as people and, and, you know, what, what they're about, what their values are, what do they stand for? You know, all these years I joked about it and I had to correct it. i just goes to show you, even at older age, you learn things as all these right. years because of my native American descent, I always referred to it as my Cherokee constitution. When I got back to Tulsa this year, I, I called an older sister who still lives in the state and said, Hey, they, uh, want to honor they're going to do a Native American day at our game uh, this moment. and I said I'm right Arne, that, that we're Cherokee and she left and said no we're Choctaw so even after all <laughs> years, I've, never, you know, I've been I've been uh, promoting this Cherokee constitution thing right Value you know, system and all these years I was wrong it was my Choctaw constitution but yeah. but you know to the point or question you asked was so I look for people that 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 I feel like they have a constitution. And so whatever that value set is, I'm gonna I'm gonna probe and peer and, and poke until I find out what I think that is. Because that's to me, that's the part that had to match. A lot of people, myself included, can develop the skill sets, but the character piece, the value piece is embedded. And you know, to me that's regardless of people's skill set if if the, if the values piece doesn't match up, you know, uh, more times than not, I just I I wouldn't go that direction because regardless of of outcomes, if we're not doing this together. We don't believe in the same thing. I don't like where we're going, mm-hmm. and so that's always kind of the litmus test that I that I apply. Now I loved having, uh, you know. Not only good people, but smart people, uh, inquisitive people, people that weren't afraid, you know, to ask, to probe, to challenge you. Uh, I love the diversity part of it. I wanted smart people and good people around me. But from from my viewpoint, any and all uh, packages that would come in, whether it's whether there it was a gender, whether it was an ethnicity, whether it was an age, whatever it may be,
1: mm-hmm.
0: me the the more diverse, the better, you know? And, and I think even before I moved to Louisiana, I must've been a fan of gumbo because the more diversity, the more, you know, uh, ingredients that went into something, the better the taste and the better the outcome. And that was always, you know, kind of always, uh, always my outlook. I, I actually remember being my first major hire uh, at, you know, it was probably in my second year when I had to hire a basketball coach. And I remember going to Indianapolis the 91 Final Four and, and uh, meeting with, it was my first time to make a major hire and I, I learned quickly, well the wrong place to stay was in the, the coach's headquarters because you're like a deer in headlights. Everybody's coming at yeah, you. Right. After moving hotel rooms about three times. I, I was looking at my list, oh, I've talked to these six people and I had A list, B list, the whole thing and just happened to flip on the TV and I, and I think at that time, Converse was sponsoring a clinic. Yeah, I'm an instructional clinic at the Final Four, and I remember looking up, and I recognized Nolan Richardson because he'd been at Tulsa, and, and uh, I think they had uh, Coach Beheim on, and, and then subbing for Coach Patino was a young guy, and all of a sudden you know, they were out on the floor and, and demonstrating skills and got to see him communicate and teach. I just I was kind of fascinated by this guy, and I started looking at my list, and down there on the B list, I said, oh, okay. That guy. Okay, let me look at. So lo and behold, I go back over to the coach's headquarters, run right into Coach Patino, and said, "Hey, I understand that associate head coach. I'd like to meet him, uh, Tubby Smith." And uh, he said, "Sure, he's up. Uh, the coaches are up in a suite on fifth floor, going up and knock on the door." Well, I open the door or knock on the door, and a young guy, young like me or even maybe a little younger at the time, uh, answers the door. I was looking for Coach Smith. Oh yeah, come on in. He's in here. Well, I walk in the room, and there was Herb syndic who later became uh, you know, a very successful head coach at three or four schools, and um, Ralph Willard, another successful head coach, and then the third guy, Tubby Smith. And so we sit down and talk. And I said, "Hey, who's the young guy that answered the door?" He said, "Oh, that's that's our GA, Billy Donovan." <laughs> so, uh, but I knew. You know, it, it was interesting. Uh, Tubby had never been a head coach. And if I recall right, he was about 40, 41 years old. But after two or three hours of conversation, we met again for breakfast the next morning. I said, guy, this is a guy I want to bring back to campus right here. And uh, I knew, going back to, to our discussion of, boy, that this is somebody that absolutely is made of the right stuff, about the right things, and he's absolutely – whole specter of what we need and he brings the right the the right uh, uh, value system to us Uh, I remember thinking to myself "God, he's absolutely perfect I hope to hell he can coach (laughs) right in two years he had us in the sweet 16 for the first time in our history so
1: right Uh, but that's you know just an example I, I I again when, when I hear the same things over and over again, here at Kansas State, working with Coach Kleiman and Gene Taylor, who is our athletic director, uh, it's, it's been a great experience for me to operate as the assistant head coach. And, you know, I, I get an opportunity to to be right alongside Coach Kleiman, and you get to see what the leader, you know, when you're an assistant coach, all you know about is your position, and you want what's best for your position, but you never have the vision of the entire team. So for me to be able to be in that position to, to see things from Coach Coach Kleiman's seat mm-hmm. been a great experience, but what you said earlier is, is you need to make sure you have people in the different rooms, or, or I like to say uh, on the bus, people on the bus that you know have the same values as as your program they don't necessarily have to be the same people but they have to have the same values there are some coaches who are loud and who are uh they're boisterous and there's some coaches that never say a word but they all have to align uh with the value system of the program well rick I, i appreciate your time and uh pleasure it was it was great to listen uh but it 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 kind of reinforces some of the things that I continue to hear from different leaders. Of course, I want to be a head coach one day. So, so all of this information is actually flooding. Uh, like my son used to say growing up in school is flooding my brain cave, uh, <laughs> but, but I'm storing it because like I said, if, if you continue to hear the same things from different people, uh, it must be true. Uh, so again I, I thank you for being on and, and i look forward to uh definitely uh watching how the program progresses at the university of Tulsa you know once once a sports person always a sports person it's really hard to retire uh, yeah. so so I, who knows right five years from now you might be sitting in that same chair right and and your wife will be <laughs> giving you the thumbs up yeah be on the <laughs> So I appreciate you, Rick.